is House of Ice. I'm Ken Root along with Bob Urban. And yes, he is back. Now, there are extenuating circumstances. Larry fired him last week. And it's funny that Jimmy Hoffa, Larry, and the uh, Defense Minister of China are all three missing at this time. I do not think it's coincidence. So, Bob, are you able to talk to me without any guilt? Yeah, I'm I'm a force to be reckoned with. So, um, no, I was hoping, Ken, I was hoping that I was fired and I'm back. Um, I thought you and Larry were did, had a great show. I was told I was at a fishing show. You guys had that all group. Um, I was actually at a home decor show. We knew, but we Roberta has had her time. <laughs> Last spring, Roberta came out, and I enjoyed her really quite a bit. <laughs> and then uh, we decided that maybe if you're selling fish and stuff, you shouldn't show your feminine side quite as much. So we decided to, to lie and tell people that you were at a fishing show. My, I wear my. I, yeah, I'm not. I don't want to know. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to know, but I just know that, you know, we are all inclusive. If you want to buy uh, anything at Murray Outdoors, you may do so regardless whether you're LGBTQ, XYZ, or otherwise, okay? Totally agree. It's twenty. It's 2023. We're, we're happy to have anybody. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that's where I was at, getting some stuff and going and seeing some of that stuff that Beth used to go to. And then fishing, the fishing shows here in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about that. But it's a big, uh, you buy all your stuff for the year, you get some deals. That's that's what's going on um, in the fall once we slow down. So it's it's been really good for the store. We'll get the ice fishing stuff done and uh, bought for the upcoming season. But, yeah, I'm fine with being fired. You guys did very, very well. So if I'm fired uh, next time, I'm, I'm fine with that. Larry actually wanted to bring out the slave labor that you uh, have as a part of your profitability in that he had to put everything together at a very low rate. And uh, so he wanted to emphasize that, and I didn't have any problem letting him do so. Hey, you've been fishing lately, and the water's cooling down. The weather is absolutely great right now. I long for this since June. Tell me how it was out there. We all We all have. I've longed for a little bit of a break too to get out. I feel really bad. I I process all the information that comes into the store. It's not me personally fishing. Um, it's me regurgitating every fisherman that comes in and that I'm jealous of and that I haven't been able to get out all summer. We're very, very busy in the summer season, but I did get out and did really, really well. I worked on some techniques that we talked about kind of like a crappie rig, but a drop shot. Um, it helps you punch through all those weeds. I'm fishing the Bussy Lake area um, north of the dam. Previously, I've been fishing after work south of the dam, Pool 11. I'm at Pool 10 this week. I went out for a couple hours. We close at five. A couple hours I've been out every every night getting some of those perch and getting some of those bluegills and sorting lots of them, Ken. Uh, there's several year classes of perch, several year classes of bluegills, smallmouth, sheephead. I caught a 10-pound buffalo the other day. All these fish are congregated in an area where I ordinarily wouldn't even look for them and fish, right out in the middle of a backwater channel. So don't think some of these areas, weed lines is good, but this last spot I found is just right out close to weeds, but it's just right out in the middle of a backwater channel where boats are uh, just traveling to get to where all the wreck boats are traveling on the Busby Lake area south of the Winnegar's uh, 
when a group did you find did you find it with your electronics or did you just say I'm going to throw in here and see what happens? No, I do have electronics. I do have side imaging. I do not have forward-facing sonar, but I do have side imaging with my hummingbird helixes. I can see fish, but I'm having a really hard time distinguishing. Usually when I get good on a higher water table, you can I can distinguish bluegill from a sheep head or a, from a drum. You can kind of distinguish when you get good at it and you and you learn and use the tools. But I'm just seeing fish, Ken, and lots of them. You start wondering, you start catching, and you're like, oh, oh, this is a school of this. This is a school of stripers. Um, haven't caught a striper. I don't know where they're at, but uh, uh, lots of bluegills, lots of perch. The other night we went out, and it was every drop we caught a fish. It was absolutely crazy. And then a huge wind gust front came through right at dark, and that's the only thing I can think of is they were feeding before that front, but it was it was crazy how many fish we caught. Uh, mostly bluegills, but a few perch as well. I'm just fishing for what's biting. Some guys are going for crappies. They're getting uh, 10 to 12 crappies maybe. The guys I'm talking to, 8 to 12, um, moving brush piles. I'm just not there yet to um, fish for them, but that'll be, I'll probably start fishing for them once I get tired of catching the bluegills. We have some uh, fish to catch for our uh, fish fry on October 12th through the 15th, so i got to start stocking up for that. You had a couple of little boys with you, didn't you? Yeah, no, I had uh, my girlfriend Dana and her boy um, were out, and we he just wanted he wanted a catfish Monday yeah. night. So uh, I'm like, do you want a catfish or do you want to keep catching these fish? And I'll just keep taking them off. He opted for just catching fish, so that yeah. was that was perfect. You know, kids want to catch fish, and DNR says that their goal is to shorten the time between bites. And so uh, when people are occupied fishing, uh, time speeds up and enjoyment goes way up. Let's describe this drop shot. It goes down first. What is it, and then what's above it, and what's your bait? So, Ken, I'm using uh, red worms. I'm using minnows. So it's just a hook. I'm actually using VMC spin shots. I am out of them here at the store. I will always be using those now. It is a really cool hook with two swivel or a swivel on it. So it's a swivel. Just picture a swivel. And then the hook is where the actual barrel part is. Instead of the barrel part, there's a hook in there. It's a sickle hook, and it just spins. What's really nice about those VMC spin shot hooks is it presents the bait in current. These fish are in just a little bit of current, um, waiting for bait to come to them. It presents that red worm perfect. It'll spin right in the current, right where those fish are, right in their nose. I noticed that these fish, if we weren't jigging a little bit or if we weren't playing with the sinker letting it hit the bottom and then just pulling up a little bit my drop shot sinker i can adjust where my line so i just have a blank line on that bottom spin shot swivel blank line and then i can snap my my drop shot sinker i can adjust that to let's say i want to do six inches off the bottom let's say i want to do 12 inches off the bottom i just had it at about eight inches and um that bait spins in the current presents it right to the fish's mouth and that's what it seemed like was working the best I was pitching jigs into weeds. I was doing all that. Those fish aren't that hungry yet. They need it presented right on their nose. And when you have a whole school of fish, it doesn't take too much, and, and they're after it. Sometimes we were catching two of them. I'll do them in a – those spin shots have another – you can either tie direct to the top or you can tie uh, a second hook. And I was doing two hooks on them and, and catching two fish at a time a lot, like a crappie rig almost. Didn't Larry tell you, do not promote stuff you're out of in the store? 
I took them off the shelf and put them in my tackle box. I apologize. Okay, so you stole them from your own customers, basically. (laughs) No, I was tying some up for a few customers, the ones I had left. Uh, The distributors are out of them. I don't know if it's just because of the fall thing, but if uh, customers want to get some of those, bring them in. I can show them exactly how I was doing it. Uh, Otherwise, we're working hard to get some back in. Hey, we've got a feature today with a man who will make things right after you did something wrong. Um, you went in below the dam there at Guttenberg. Is that a treacherous area to ding your prop right now? Yeah, it is, um, especially if you have a bunk trailer um, instead of a roller trailer. Roller trailers I'm not a huge fan of. They vibrate going down the road. They're this, but they're I, I don't like mine. Mine's a roller trailer. Um, stuff vibrates loose on your boat all the time, but they are nice for shallow water. Um, there are, are nice for getting on, but if you have a bunk trailer, you really got to goose it to get it up. And, uh, sometimes that'll position your boat, your top end will go up and your bottom, uh, prop end will come down. And if there's rock there or sand there, it's, it's going to ding your prop. Uh, we are definitely in that situation where there's a lot of props ding. There's a lot of wing dams that people aren't cautious with. I almost got my boat stuck over by, uh, just trying, uh, some different areas. I was only in three or four foot of water for an extended period of time, and I got nervous the other day. Um, you always hear horror stories of getting stuck on a sandbar, but you'll sandblast your prop, you know, take the paint off of it, uh, stuff like that. So I had two props, and this gentleman that's going to be talking on the podcast here shortly uh, is ordering me two props because mine have been dinged for three years. I'm just that guy that doesn't fix them because I know I'm going to hit something the next time as well. Well, Mitch Hafel is from Tri-State's Props and Metalworks. He's been in the business quite a while, but he's just now taking on the business as the owner. And uh, he's got a great story. Uh, I love the work ethic of these entrepreneurs who are out there uh, who are uh, trying to make a living at doing this and doing it well. And he's got a good reputation in our area, so we'll talk to him a little bit later on. He's got a few tips on... uh, what you can do, but he's mainly got the reality of what happens when you ding your prop, uh, how badly uh, can it be damaged and still get it fixed. Um, and um, he's up uh, north of Dubuque, and he wants to make a circuit of people, uh, marinas, etc., even your store perhaps, Bob, to yeah. come by and pick up props and then drop them off again after he gets them repaired. And he's also got a special if you drop them off this fall and leave it all winter, when you're not using the boat, obviously, uh, he can get them done, and he'll have business all winter, and I think he's working toward that. So it's worth hearing and finding out more about Tri-State's props and metalworks. Bob, I'm on the phone with Mitch Hafel from Tri-State Prop and Metalworks. He repairs propellers. And, Mitch, I, I'd like for you to never get my business on a propeller, but I have already uh, gone through a couple of propellers in my lifetime. You're in an interesting spot that people are in a, a river system, at least, that uh, they must get some damage from time to time. Oh, yeah, with the water being low, the wing dams are shallow, and, you know, all these guys that are out fishing and pleasure crafting and get a little too far outside the channel, 
not paying attention can cause damage. There's no doubt about that. Tell me, how did you get in the business of fixing props? You must be good with the metalwork. Yeah, so I, well, I've started doing metalworking when I was about 16 years old. Um, I worked for a friend of the family's up in Platteville. And then after that, I had helped a guy, a friend of ours, up in Garnavillo on and off. And I built trailers and other stuff myself for myself and for other people and built different odds and end things and a buddy of mine actually had owned the prop business formerly known as river city props uh actually what happened was we were kind of were uh at a benefit and just jokingly he made a comment well because i was talking about how i didn't i was getting frustrated with my current job that i was in and he's like well hey if you're ever interested or i got my prop business for sale jokingly ha 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 well and i've helped him with it occasionally here and there in the past and didn't think really much nothing much of it well then all of a sudden i sat down i started thinking about it and gary linden at linden propeller in dubuque had retired and sold his stuff out well then there was kind of a niche in the market well bob the guy that owned river city had been talking and he's like yeah he's like i just i've got my plate so full with he does commercial roofing and he's like i've been so busy with that i just don't have time to to really do the props full time anymore he's like i just i was it was kind of a hobby for him and i was like well you know maybe it's something that i can build up well i with gary being retired and there's nobody really around close by that does it it grew faster than i was anticipating well i guess that's good how many years you've been doing this mitch well, so like the metal working I've been doing for probably close to 30-some years, and I've been helping Bob for about the past three, mm-hmm. and I've just started doing it myself just this year alone. Well, that is a, a great story of just finding something that works, and uh, now you're into this business, and I wonder, do you uh, put your name out to the various uh, boat repair marinas, et cetera, so that they will... Uh, send business to you or how do you get people to come uh to have you do their props i've kind of been doing word of mouth and i have gone to a lot of marinas and dropped off cards and boat repair places um you know ld's marine in east dubuque uh frentress lake over in east dubuque uh hawkeye boat sales down in dubuque um j&l marina uh, or j&l mm-hmm. marine up in guttenberg all the way, I mean, I've gone as far as Prairie du Chien, as obviously as work kind of slowly keeps picking up. I'm hoping to have a route that I can basically, as far as like the marinas and stuff that I can go around, pick stuff up, and then get it fixed and get it back to them as soon as possible. Well, that sounds logical. Pick up, drop off, sort of like a sharpening service, if you will, right. only probably quite a bit more sophisticated. What do you find are, are <clears throat> props? that come to you all fixable or some people uh, a little past the edge on how much damage they've done to it? Uh, it, it all depends. Um, you know, we see all kinds. Okay. Jokingly, one of the marinas I stopped at the other day, they had the guy literally rip two blades clean off right at the hub, and that is not repairable. And then, you know, you get people that bump stuff and 
you know, hit a log and put a dent in one blade or, you know, hit a rock and chip it or forget to put it up when they go to pull out and they rip the skag off and bend a blade. Um, I mean, there's multiple different, there's no just one thing, but I mean, for the most part, we do fix aluminum and stainless steel. So uh, a lot of people have been just turned away by getting aluminum ones fixed just because they don't want to deal with it, but uh, we do it all. Um, and also too, uh, I just actually hired a guy Friday. We're going to start doing gel coat work and, uh, detailing. So, well, now when you, uh, get a prop that you can fix, do you balance that prop afterwards, uh, yep. to make sure that it's, uh, it'll spin, uh, smoothly? Yes. So when we do that, so what I do is like, if say there's a chip out of it, I get all the blades back straight according to the pitch blocks get everything nice and cleaned up. I weld up what, you know, if there's big chunks missing or chips, I get that all touched up and then grind everything smooth so it looks like it's close to back to a factory spec and then we balance it. And then at that point, that's when we clean everything up to the final details and that's how we balance it. You know, as we clean it up, we, if we got to add a little more weld somewhere and we mark out, we trace them, and get them back so that way they're all even and that kind of thing. About how long does it take normally to, uh, from the time you size up a prop until you've got it finished? It all depends. Everyone's different. So if you got a stainless steel three blade, it can take three to four hours, if not longer, depending upon how bad it's messed up. And then four mm -hmm. blades and five blades, they take longer too. Um, just because there's obviously there's more blades and again it just all kind of depends on how distorted and how many pieces are chipped and cracked and broke and mitch hafel with tri-state prop and metal works would you say it's um always a good deal to try to get a prop fixed or sometimes you just need to buy a new one so well it all depends um aluminum ones with everything lately, uh, the prices of everything have gone up so much that usually like an aluminum one, you can fix it for about half of what you can buy one for. Um, and stainless, stainless are way more expensive. So the fixing them is close to probably a third of what the cost of a new one would be, or a quarter actually. Any other tips for the people that are boat owners? Uh I know if you hit something with a prop, I mean, you can't really control that, but uh, is there anything else you'd tell people to be aware of on checking their props and things like that as they start the season? The big thing is, is just kind of look over them. If you see any chips or bends or any sort of, like the paint flaking off in a weird way or something, it doesn't ever hurt to take them off and bring them in and get them checked through the winter. Because one, you're not going to miss any boating time. And second off, you don't want to be out trying to run a, a prop that's, you know, if it's out of balance real bad, mm -hmm. it can start mm -hmm. making things shake. You can make seals go out. You can make bearings go out, which can cause lower unit problems. And it can end up being a bigger issue. If you just, you know, if you take the prop off, you can always get a balance, get it checked. And I'm actually going to run a special this fall you know, about November. So anybody that wants to drop their prop off, I'll have it back to them by March 1st. And I'm going to do like a 15% discount. 
Well, it sounds like, Mitch Hafel, you are doing what needs to be done around here. People need somebody to be able to fix a prop for a percentage of what it would cost to uh, buy a new one, give you a bit of savings. Uh, looks like your turnaround time you're doing is as fast as you possibly can, depending on the condition of their prop. And uh, the more of a route I would think you could get around an area maybe, I don't know, 35 miles, 30 miles away from your base uh, should make it to where you could be pretty efficient in that as well. That's the hope and plan. Where are you located? Just north of Dubuque in a little town called Cheryl. We're actually looking at a larger facility ready just to accommodate doing the cleaning of the boats and all that fun stuff. Well, give me again the name of your company and uh, your phone number. Tri-State Prop and Metal Works. And my phone number is 563-542-0439. All the best to you, Mitch. Thank you very much for talking with us. Yep, no problem. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate you guys' time. He's a hardworking kid. It doesn't matter what he was doing. He'd, he'd make it work. So, And uh, he sent me mine. I just looked at it. Uh, he put my prop back on my boat. It looks absolutely brand new. So no issues so there. He fixed your prop. You didn't get a new one. It just looks like a new one. No, no. I'm ordering two new ones just to have. And then two, he's going to fix my other two because they weren't bad. They were just bent a little bit. One, I hit a log, and I think the other one, I hit some rocks and chipped it. So very fixable. There was only a few little chips out of it. I didn't even notice it much driving. I know myself. I'm going to be hitting stuff. That's just part of the game. I need to tell you something. You kind of hold me at too high a level of perfection. I think I've never done anything wrong. But I spun a prop off after putting it back on myself. It looked like it was working real good forward until I put it in reverse. And then the prop left and has never been seen again. Uh, and uh, so, folks... Um, my recommendation is you have a marina take it off, and then you, they send it off, and then they put it back on. So I'm, I'm still in remorse, and I've been to counseling over this. So I've never taken a prop off of a boat ever. There's that little castle nut or whatever, and it just seems so sophisticated. He literally was in my boats in the back of the store, took them off, put it on. There's some uh, fishing line, obviously, around there. I'm sure that's not good to have fishing line wrapped up in your prop. So that's something you should probably do every year. But I would have probably done the same thing, Ken. I, I don't know. Well, I hope you don't. And if you have somebody else who knows what they're doing, the chances are less. What do you have coming up here in the future? Because we've got a few little changes ahead of us. Are we going to start having some questions from people who are our faithful listeners that we try to answer on this show? People are listening to you and I, Ken, and Larry, and everybody else that we forced to be on this show, um, which surprises me. I, You know, you never know how many people are actually listening. I really think it's a good show from from where we've come. We started with Catfish Moran, and we can only go up up from there. He was on the first <laughs> he was on he was on the first show, but we mentioned him a lot in this show, but. Uh, no, we're doing a Q&A. Some gentleman was in um, just yesterday. He goes, he listens to a walleye show. And uh, you know what? What about questions and answers? And we'll get some goofy questions, obviously, some of the goofballs that are in here coming around. So I might have to filter some of the questions. But uh, this one was easy from Aaron. He uh, he wanted to know how 
how the show started, and, and some people don't even know what it is. What is it? What are we doing? Telling them about that here doesn't do any good if they don't know what it is. What is it? What's going on? Why we started it um, is what what they want to know. I was on one side of the counter. You were on the other. And I said, Bob, my name is Ken Root. I'm retired as a farm broadcaster. I'm thinking about podcasts, and they might work. Are you interested in working with me to do a podcast for your store? Well, what did you say back to me? I don't even remember. That's how busy I was. This October. was October a year ago. Okay. I don't know what okay. day it is, what month it is. We were, you, we've were we been doing a lot. I remember you asking me, and I remember your voice. Everybody knows your voice because probably when I was fishing with my grandpa, you came on on the uh, egg. So that sold it. That sold you right there. No, I just remember your voice. No, I was still a no because everybody comes into the store when you're a new business owner and tells you how to run your business or gives you all these ideas. And I'm like, I just don't, I don't know about that. But it's probably the best thing that I said yes, Ken, if I'm telling you the truth, because uh, oh, I need to start saying, yeah, you can you can cry. You're a little emotional. Well, here's what <laughs> you actually said. What did I say? You said, I don't think so, but I need to start doing different kinds of merchandising. I need to start doing things like this, even though my gut tells me I shouldn't do it. So, okay, what can we do? And I told you that I'd uh, we'd try it for a month. And uh, but you had to participate, and you couldn't run the damn cash register while I was talking to. You. Well, I'm whispering uh, to this guy, telling him what we're back on. But <laughs> the cash register is your key. If this if this show doesn't work through the cash register, you might as well not be doing it. No, yeah, I get I get it. No, I remember you coming in and talking about that and telling me, but. And when you're busy and it's more comfortable to say no, right? It's it's uh it's not thinking outside the box to say no. I need to start saying yes a little bit more and thanks a lot, sir. Very nice customer that just left there. Good. The key here is to balance things. And I and Larry will both tell you that you push very, very hard. And um if you can work hard and work smart both, then you're okay. And a few times I've suggested that in the agricultural terms, you get off the tractor. Uh, hmm. But uh, you're going to pick when you do that and how you do that. And it is a joy to do this show because we have fun with it, and I think we offer a service, especially telling how the fishing conditions are. And um, I've thrown a number of marketing ideas at you since that time, and they did not stick to the wall. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I get it. I get the farming. I get the off the tractor. It's just, it's tough. It's a lot to do. I've always pushed a little bit. Um, this is a new venture for us. The podcast is great, but people, I thanked you the other day on Facebook. I was just like, people don't realize how much work just goes into just this and what we're creating. The guy asked, why are we doing it? There's nobody else out doing something like that for, for Northeast Iowa um, or the state of Iowa. And I'm not saying anything against the DNR or the DNR reports, but Ken, in my years of being a park ranger for four years, they would call me to give the report. I'm so busy working all summer. Do you think the report was the report was just what I was asking people, you know, not personally what I was fishing or this or that. So the DNR reports are good, but they don't have the interaction um, with the with the public like we do at a bait store. You get a lot more information 
here standing here talking to the guys and I want to regurgitate that stuff out for everybody to hear. So that would answer the why are we doing it. Um, I think, I don't know what's, what's your reason for doing it. The big bucks, the big yeah, bucks that I make doing bucks. this. That's extremely yeah. important to me. Why did you approach me? Why did you come into this store? Well, I live in the Gatlinburg area, and I always saw that store as having a lot of potential. Uh, when I first uh, met uh, Beth, you know, she would run down there to that end of the store, and she would dip up minnows, and uh, she would talk to people, and she would run the cash register, and then she would run back to something else. And yeah. and I thought, you know, if this bait uh, store here stood alone, uh, it could do really, really well. And I think you were the perfect guy to buy that because your base is much bigger than just that store, but yet that is the point of contact with the public. You know, you haul bait and you sell some things wholesale, but that location, I think, grounds you. Uh, and you're there at least three days a week, plus checking on it every day. Yeah. And you've got a good crew of people. It, to me, is like the hardware store that I love going in, where that you walk in there and you tell them what you think you want. They know everything they've got in that store. They tell you what they think you need. You work this out together, and when you leave, you've got what you need that's going to work for you. They sell you one rather than a whole big box full, and uh, you go away happy, and you implement that, and then you come back again, and they know your name when you walk back in the next time. That's what yeah. I like. Yeah, the names is the hardest part for me. I'll know the faces with the names, but we're trying to get you just some success. Like the DNR, you said they're working for for success in between bites, or what? How did you word that? Shorten. They're trying to shorten the time between bites. To between bites, yeah. And then our job, I think, as a retailer, obviously, we're not here to sell you something that isn't going to work. Like I'm trying to get you shorten the time in between bites, but then. We need to have the stuff to get the bites, too, and that's what we have and a lot of the knowledge and a lot of the local folks here for the local bite. And then the fishery can. Uh, we're just fortunate enough to have what, what what the populations are doing here that I'm seeing over the last three years with the perch, bluegill size, walleye slot limit size. I People are driving to South Dakota to catch big jumbo perch, and they're right here in our backyard. And we're not that busy right now. Fishing is phenomenal. We're competing with Iowa football. We compete with them and traveling youth sports and um, all that stuff. But we're just, we're just, we want you to come up, check us out, and see if you want to catch some fish. And that's, that's why I want um, people to come up to Guttenberg. You need to say, I love Hawkeye football. I love Hawkeye football. Leave it at that because if you don't, you're going to have people (laughs) that they like you or not. Otherwise, once they find out you don't like the Hawkeyes, they're not going to buy anything from you. They understand. It's just a whole, a whole thing. But we can't. We actually, I was fishing, and some guys were coming on when they beat the Cyclones. I was fishing out there, and they were having a great time. I think they bring TVs out on the sandbars now. I don't know. Why not? Uh, (laughs) If that's what you want to do, uh, you could also have. There's something called radio that you can listen to, and the game is uh, always in color and always in focus, and you're right on the sidelines all the time uh, on radio. But uh, it's a matter of uh, all the things that pull on people. You know, we we have a lot of people now who 
just can't really figure out which type of recreation they're going to do that day because they've got so many options. Yeah, there is. In fall, and then we start youth hunting. I did want to talk about that. That starts Saturday as well, um, and then we'll get right into hunting. So it's just you got to choose your battles and you got to choose your hobbies and choose your stuff for uh, the weekends now. There's just a Let lot going on. Let me say one thing about DNR. The DNR people we have on give us data uh, about this fishery that you suspect, but they're trying to prove. They also engage you now to see if you'll help them in that little fishing tournament that they have every spring, that walleye challenge that's going to be maybe even three months this coming year, and they may expand it into Illinois on the other side of the river just to document more. But they're not getting a lot of people in our part of the river that are really fishing it. They're getting some good fishermen, but they're not getting a lot of fishermen. And then past that, a DNR tells you what their rules are that you should abide by. And uh, also, it personalizes them. You know, Lucas Dever is a great guy. Jerry Farmer is a great guy. But if they pull up to your boat, uh, they're going to do their job. And if you're breaking the law, they're going to give you a ticket. And you need to have the respect for them that they deserve, and they need to have the credibility in their job that you deserve. No, I agree with you totally. And then that's that's uh, that's how we – they're protecting our resources as well for folks that might overextend this or that. And uh, that's why we have decent populations and numbers of stuff is because we are being fair and, and firm. And that's what they're they, – uh, that's what they usually do, the ones these days anyway, the ones I know. Well, Bob, uh, people are going to have to continue this into tomorrow as long as we have talked here today. But I want to um, ask you what you've got on this fish fry and this big weekend coming up mid-October to get that on people's radar. Oh, yeah. Uh, tent sale that we have every, every fall. This year it falls on the 12th through the 15th fish fry brats and then a lot of deals in our tent we bring all of our show stuff up we will start getting that ready so 12th through the 15th of october so it falls right where it should in the middle of october yeah we've got Um, customers waiting here ken bob it sounds like you've got a lot of business today that means a (laughs) lot of people here want to go fishing and you're helping them to do so and the weather is absolutely perfect folks so if you want to get out there and fish and you can find the places they are, you can have a really good time. Yep, weed, ed- weed edges and current themes right now for pretty much anything. And a lot of uh, walleye tournaments coming up, uh, the Dubuque Walleye Club has one that's been Clayton, so they've been coming in pre-fishing for it. So should be an awesome weekend for Hawkeye football, for all the Hawkeye fans. We love you too. And uh, fishing should be good as well. And the youth hunt, stay safe out there. Very outdoors on the south end of Guttenberg under the big walleye open 6 to 5 every day except Sunday. And that day they're open 6 to 3, so stop by. Thank you, Bob. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Kent.